Welcome, everybody. Hi, Falutin Ski Bum Podcast. This is episode number 92. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what is up? What is up is right. We're remote today. We're doing the new look of the podcast, and uh, I'm excited. I think we got the technology working right now. We got the tools. We got the talent. Boom. So, yeah, so this is what we're doing this this week. We're doing a, a Google, actually a YouTube Live through Google Hangouts, and we're keeping it private for now. We want to get a few things worked out, get our, our sound and our setup working correctly, and maybe down the road we'll do some some public live open to you crazy bastards versions of the podcast but again that'd be down the road from now little video podcast would be nice right yeah right i think, I think that's got to happen who can stop us that's right we got the technology so thank you everybody for listening you can find out more information on us skibonpodcast.com Check us out on our socials, twitter.com slash ski bum podcast, facebook.com slash ski bum podcast, instagram.com slash ski bum podcast. We're on SoundCloud. I think we're the, I think we're the highfalutins. No S, highfalutin. Highfalutin. And no, yeah, so that's, that's Pinterest. Oh, that's Pinterest. Sorry. Yeah. Pinterest. We are the highfalutins and if you want to check us out on SoundCloud, if we did update any of our podcasts, we are highfalutin hyphen ski bum. Uh-huh. So there you go. So without further ado, let's start it off the way we always do. It's time for our pray today. Oh, uh, thanks, Jill. For that warm intro. Thanks, Jill. Got a little uh, intro for our operate today now. Yeah. Um, so, Brian, let's start with you. What do you got for operate today? So, I am enjoying a lovely bourbon known as Angel's Envy. Ooh. Yeah. It's uh, very smooth, a little oaky, a little sweet. If you're a bourbon fan and you haven't gotten some Angel's Envy yet, stop. Go to the liquor store right now. It's got a very unique looking bottle sort of flat looking got some big angel wings on it absolutely delicious bourbon that's some good stuff oh yeah um about you mario what do you got i am doing my good old-fashioned basil hayden's which i absolutely love this was the first bourbon that turned me on to bourbon uh so every time i have a basil I, it's kind of taking me back uh very easy drinking um and i tell you what it's it's delicious Nice to reminisce and have a nice little basil. I just saw recently in the store, they have a little bit pricier, but they have a rye, Basil Hayden's rye. Oh, do they really? Yeah. It has a, instead of, so if you've ever seen the bottle, it's like a, uh, like a paper label that drapes over it. And then they have this band around it with their logo and like some cool little um, engraved metal around, like kind of keeping it together. Right. And that paper is like usually like a, um, it's like a beige color. The rye is like a greenish color. Okay. So look out for that one. It's, it's a lot more expensive, but, uh, I don't know. I, I got to try it. I, I, I figure I'll, I'll have to do it one of these days. How much was it? Do you recall? It was like 72 bucks. Ouch. Yeah. I mean, normal basil Hayden's only like what, 35, 40, something like that. 40 is the going rate. Yeah. Yeah. But this was 71. I was like 72. I was like, whoa. Yeah, that's that's significantly more scratch, but I'm sure it is delicious. 
Yeah, and it was right. I don't know if it, if it had a year of aging on it, like if it had like ten years or something like that. But I was like, wow, that's definitely a big. Usually they rise just a little bit more, but that was a uh, that was a big jump. Yeah, rise are getting very hot right now. There are a lot of the other bourbon companies are starting to come out with with rye versions, like the Angels Envy that we just mentioned that I'm drinking tonight. They do a rye as well. Oh, it's, nice. it's aged in Caribbean rum casks for like the last year, and mm. it is it is phenomenal. It is a delicious a delicious rye. Uh, like you said, a few other ones have done that too. Um, you know, Basil Hayden. I'm trying to think what other ones, um, but there's definitely been a few. Yeah, I think did has Woodford done one? No, right? Uh, you might be right. Woodford might have. There's a few brands like you'll see them out there, and they, you know, they're usually right next to it. And you're like, what's the what's the difference? And then you got to read it. It's like, oh, that's the rye. Versus, yeah. I know Bullet did it a while ago. Yeah, and Bullet now they have more. I see more often that the ten year aged regular one. So yeah, that's have, really good. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Bullet's it's pretty good bourbon, um, and you see it a lot at bars. They use it for mixing, mm-hmm. for uh, you know, just bourbon drinks. It's kind of like the well for it's like a good well for for bourbon. Indeed. So a big fan of that. So uh, without further ado, let's get into the Genjula. <laughs> Come on, Jill. You know how to pronounce that. I'm gonna have to work with Jill on her pronunciation. Yeah, she needs some dictation lessons. <laughs> oh. Ho-ho. And All right. That oh, being sorry. said, that yes. being said, so we're getting into Frank's Bean of the Week this week, and so thank you, Frank, for thinking of us and, and getting us the bean. So this week, it's a classic. It's kind of like the bourbon of cannabis strains. We're talking about Trainwreck. Trainwreck. Yes, Trainwreck is a mind-bending hybrid with potent sativa effects that hit like a freight train. Mexican and Thai sativas were bred with Afghani indicas to produce this northern California staple. Passing on a sweet lemon and spicy pine aroma, Trainwreck begins its speedy hurtle through the mind with a surge of euphoria, awakening creativity, and happiness. Migraines, pain, and arthritis are mowed down by Trainwreck's high THC content, and many patients also use it for relief of anxiety ADD, ADHD, and PTSD. Trainwreck flowers finish up in early October outdoors while indoor gardens are ready for harvest eight weeks into flowering. Wow. Damn. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. You got to say it like, it's the train wreck, brother. You got to do it like a Hulkamaniac kind of thing. No, man, it's way more chill than that. You don't want to get people all freaked out. So we were talking about this before we started podcasting. Like we've all heard a train wreck, and I think like we were saying, it seems to be like in mixed with a lot of stuff, or just mentioned, or hybrid with a lot of stuff. It's just kind of a a cool strain. Yeah, Cookie Wreck is one of the big ones where they mix Girl Scout cookies with Train Wreck. And I know, Mm. yeah, when we were out gallivanting around Seattle, that was one of the ones we were. I I was looking to to score, but. I had to go with a couple other ones instead. Cool. Next yeah. time. Next time. I mean, I could go to Nevada tomorrow. Perhaps. Ooh, perhaps. Try to find some. Getting into our first Gondola story. 
That's right. So, we're, we're not up at the top yet, so we still got a little time in the gondola. Let's talk yeah, about So you know what? Like We talked about how Nevada passed legalization last year, but I didn't realize how fast it was going to go into effect. So well, yeah, July 1st. Well, part of it is how fast it went into effect, and part of it is how slow everybody else decided to slow down. Because I think everybody announced it, and then they started announcing, oh, well, it's not going to be until 2018. But I think Nevada just kept like, now we pass it, it's going to go on pretty soon. Or even worse, like dickhead Massachusetts, where they said, you know, based on the referendum and what the people voted for, it was going to take effect on January 1st, 19, or 1918. Holy crap. <laughs> 2018. But now some officials and uh, some state senators, they're changing it to be July of 2018. God so, damn it. So the people have spoken. They approved it. And now they're going to change it without the people's agreement or our voting approval. So that pisses me off. But in something positive, yeah, Nevada is launching on January 1st, their full legalization. And there's actually going to be a dispensary right on the Las Vegas Strip. Oh, that's nice. You can walk can around you with your beer, and now you can walk around with your weed. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what sort of uh, consumption Public. laws are going to be in place yet. Yeah. But they're saying that not all this uh, area stores will be open. Um, and some cities have enacted local bans on adult use cannabis. Mm. Like, wow. like in Henderson, which is a suburb, the city council in February approved a six month moratorium on adult use cannabis sales. Oh, so you can't uh, sell it in that town. I th- yeah. Yeah. I heard something that that's kind of what they're going to do to regulate it. Where if you don't want it in your town, the town will pass an ordinance it's almost like a blue law. So they'll pass it and say, you can't have it in, you can't sell it in your town. We don't want your tax revenue. Yeah. Which that's fine. It's still available other places, you know? Yeah. So they had a big, uh, the the Nevada tax commission had a, a meeting on Monday to start getting in some of these emergency regulations because they were like, wow, holy cow. It's a, you know, it's June 24th and we don't have all of our laws in place. How are we going to make this work? So they, uh, they set up some additional rules and um, it was mostly about like packaging and labeling. So yeah, Colorado and, you know, just did a bunch of changes when I went out there the last time uh, this past year and all the packaging was different. And they were telling me that uh, there were a lot of new laws enacted in the last year that they had to adhere to. Like if you got any herb, any smokable herb, they had to put it in a special bag, like a Ziploc kind of special, which is cool. I think I I put it on Instagram. It was, it's like a cool little bag. Wait, what was that thing called? Like a stanky sack or something? Yeah. Something like that. Like stink sack or stank sack. Yeah. Uh, But it was like a high quality bag. And I was like, why, why are they putting in it? They're like, no, we have to by law, put it in there. And there was like a, a piece, like a label that they had to stick across it that I took, you know, you take off, but I guess it's kind of like almost locking it. It's like zip locking it. And then the label goes across to make sure that when you're leaving the store, it's not like open or something, some weird law that they have. Yeah. That'd be funny if it's like warning, this product may make you extremely sensitive and self-reflective <laughs> and make you kinder to your fellow man. It should Use be with caution. It should be like warning. This will make you high as fuck. May make you more peaceful, not get so angry. That's right. May- Realize that things that are you get worried about and pissed off about in the universe aren't that big of a deal. May cause you to operate machinery at a very slow rate. 
and make, make you realize that a lot of this government infrastructure that exists, we created and is not necessary and be, can be completely removed and not affect us in any way, shape, or form. Boom. DMV, I'm looking at you. Way to go, DMV. Way to go, DMV. So, yeah, so the, so the laws they put in, they want to make sure that the products don't appeal to kids, so they, they have to remove any sort of, you know, action figures, cartoons, balloons, anything that could appeal to children. And they want to make sure also that it has to have the THC amounts on the packaging. Well, they're doing something now too, like Colorado. They changed, um, I know the gummies have to have a star in them now if they have THC. So there's a, a special marking that they're requiring to put on gummies so that you know just by looking at that, oh, this has THC. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like a, I think it's a star uh, embedded in there somewhere, either in the mold or whatever. But that that's how they, the only way they can tell the difference. Because even like, you know, if you're, you know, taking it on an airplane or something, there's really no way <laughs> that they're going to, unless they have some quite elaborate, expensive tests, they're not going to just, you know, test everybody's edibles that, that they bring on. So that's why they said they have to do that because then it makes it clearer that, you know, this'll it'll trigger people to say, okay, what what do you got? Where'd you get these from? You know, imagine if they had an edible test guy. Like they <laughs> take a bite out of every single one of the edibles that was brought on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can only work like fifteen minutes a day. <laughs> I don't know which one had something, man, but one of these things was laced with something else. I think what they should do is after your shift is over, you go and you do the edible testing, and then you and then you leave. Not a bad way to go, right? Yeah, it's kind of. Like getting a happy hour. That's right. It's like if you work at a bar, you have your uh, your 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 drink after after you work, your free yeah, drink. Exactly. Yeah, have some free edibles. Damn, I can't wait to hear this, some of these stories that are going to go down in Las Vegas this weekend. Man, it's going to be crazy. Like a Vegas trip now. Vegas weekend is going to be on another freaking level because we were talking. They have sports teams going out there now. They have freaking weed. It's going to be all off the hook in another level. Or imagine going up to like Reno and going to the Bunny Ranch. <laughs> That's you got right. The Bunny Ranch. You got, so you got legalized prostitution. You got the freaking mountains. You know Mount Rose and Tahoe right there. Yep. You got uh, illegal weed. Crazy. You go to, going on the strip, just doing stuff. It's going to be crazy. I'm sure there's going to be some wonderful stories this yes. weekend about things going down. I'm sure the casino is going to love it. They're like, "Oh, you're high as fuck. You're still playing cards. Still." <laughs> Betting, you know. Sir, that's a nine. No, it's a six, man. Look at it. <laughs> hit it, man. Just Upside hit it. Upside down, man. I want to hit that. All right. <laughs> Should be good. Yeah, it's going to be some good stories. We're going to have to cruise around for uh, some Instagram posts or something. Yeah, right. Uh, all right. So next up, we also have another story about how um, there was a study that was done that cannabis could be better for migraines than pharmaceuticals. Uh, the good part of this story is that it pits together like the, you know, a little science counteracting the pharmaceuticals to say, hey, in your face, you know, all the toxins that you've been selling us for years might not be the uh, answer. So they said they did a study where uh, THC-CDB combination of, was given for headaches. Uh, so they're saying a uh, 200 milligram dose of the THC CDB combination 
or a 25 milligram dose of pharmaceutical um, amitriptyline, which I guess is a, a migraine thing. And they said um, the THC CDB drug was more effective than the common medication at curbing the number and severity of cluster headache incidents, which if anybody, you know, I, I know a few people that have had uh, severe migraine issues and it's pretty debilitating. Like it's, it's, it's really bad shit. Like I've only, I think I've only in my life, I've only had like maybe two or three really bad migraines, right. but you know, for somebody that has migraines, it's like, it's really, really horrible. I mean, you're sensitive to light, to sound, to everything. I mean, it's, get nauseous. It's, oh, it's horrible. It's really bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's, it's again, it's just so ridiculous and silly that, you know, we we live and work by these this low like these code of rules and laws, and we a lot of people, probably the majority of people, probably a vast eighty to ninety percent majority, have no idea why these laws even exist. You know, yeah, they just have drilled in their dumb little sheep heads that oh, cannabis is bad. It's a drug. It's bad. You go to jail if you have it. You know, but we're just learning so much about it. And, you know, people have known about it for for generations, for decades, for, you know, millennia. And yeah. now we're finally, we're finally getting to the point where people who are, are persuasive enough are getting their messages across saying, we got to relook into this. There are some magical medicinal effects that this has. Yeah. And, but basically we have to like kind of, unhook all those you know those industries that have made so much money over vilifying it over the past hundred years you know the the pharmaceuticals the police the prison guards you know they're they've all they've there has to vested interest in keeping it illegal but because of the internet because of you know free-flowing information and people studying we're finally learning that there is so many great positive benefits to this plant. Yeah. I mean, because it's legal in some states, like it's good because scientists are able to do research on it to see, is it really better for you? Is it good for treating stuff or is it a myth? And they're actually proving out now, you know, the whole Charlotte's web thing. It's not even uh, a high, it's not even something that's going to get you high. It's just a CDB form that has been proven uh, by case studies. And now they're, you know, and then they went back and they actually did scientific studies on top of it when it started to become legal but they had a ton of case studies about how it was uh, helping uh, especially kids stop having uh, seizures and stuff. So uh, I've actually seen stories where uh, they're trying to use that also uh, for pets and for equine treatment for uh, animals that are having seizures and stuff like that. Um, I actually knew somebody that had a dog that would have seizures all the time. I was like, that's, that's gotta be scary as hell. And they said, yeah, it was, but you know, it's kind of something that now it's open up that, hey, you know, we're finding ways to use it to, to really treat uh, problems that we have that weren't treatable before, you know? Yeah. And I mean, could you imagine if you have a child and they are having these seizures and you go online and you research and you see, you find out that, yeah, these, these CBD oils, you can acquire them in several states and certain people are actually have an interest in keeping it illegal and want to throw you in jail if you use that or give it to your child. 
how yeah. how vile of a person, you know, how greedy and disgusting and rotten to the core do you have to be to to fight for that? You know, to get up every day and to want to fight for that cause. It's disgusting. Well, a good part of them fighting for it is um, almost every state has classified CDB as um, being not a, not a, I guess, a, a regulated drug where you can, you can just order it. So like here in Jersey, you can order CDB oil, just get the CDB as long as there's no THC because there's a very minor, tiny trace amount of it but there's really nothing in it uh, for in, in terms of like a dose. So CDB oil, you can actually buy in like a lot of states now, which is good. Well, not in New, well, New Jersey. You know, there's a story about uh, Chris Christie, no apologies to family who left New Jersey for sick child's medical marijuana. Yeah, that was before uh, it became, I guess, deregulated. I think the, the government had something to do with that. So then the states just... They didn't have anything against it. So, cause you could buy CDB oil here in Jersey from, I, I bought some, I think in the last year, year and a half, uh, yeah. and it was legal to buy it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's good to see things are changing. You know, the more it gets known about it, I mean, and you're going to find out the, the stuff that's a myth too. You know, there might be some myths out there that people are like, oh yeah, you know, marijuana treats this and that and you know, that might get shot down, but it's actually been proven to, to have better effects for treating stuff, which is good to see. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then we still have huh, one more fun pot-related story. So this is, uh, this is hitting a couple of my interests here. So a, a company called P-O-S-A-B-I-T, Posibit. Posibit. Uh, they're a Seattle-based digital currency payment startup, and they're focusing on serving legal cannabis outlets have just raised $1.5 million in funding. Um, so this round included participation from a number of Seattle-based angel investors whose identities were not disclosed, as well as New York-based investment firm Digital Currency Group. So this funding will advance Positive's business development efforts and they are looking to create a, a uh, digital payment platform for Washington State since they've had legal marijuana since 2012. So this they pretty much would be using Bitcoin to do a lot of their, their payments. And, you know, the, we've talked about it before. A lot of the cannabis shops in states that are legal have problems because – they have to they have to do all of their business in cash, and you know that's that kind of leads to a lot of negativity when come you know unscrupulous individuals who may want to try to rob you of your belongings know you have a ton of cash on you. Yeah, um, and there's a lot of other you know besides just having to carry a lot of cash around. There's been a lot of problems. Well, it Legal. seems seedy and also it's, it puts people at risk, which why would you want to, you know, if you don't have to, why put people in risk in harm's way? Yeah. It's kind of a slap in the face of the industry that they, you don't have to operate that way. And it kind of makes it feel more like, you know, like you're dealing drugs, you know, like right. you're dealing with a crack dealer or something, but you know, this is a, uh, you know, people want this to, to be successful. People want this to work out. So you know what? They're going to find ways to make it work. And a technology like Bitcoin is a, uh, is perfect and ripe for making this work. So it's great seeing a company like Positive 
come up and, and you know, challenge this and find new solutions. Yeah, good to see. So best of luck to them. Yeah, we got to do a deep dive one of these days in uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies because there's so much shit going on with them. Oh, every week it's you could do. I mean, there there are dozens of podcasts about what's going on because it's again, a lot. Is, it's a lot happening quickly. Like they're talking about forking Bitcoin. There's all these uh, things like going on, and I don't oh, know. there's there's the forking of Bitcoin that could happen. There's the user activated soft fork going down probably August first. There's that the the fake news story that Vitalik uh, Buterin, the founder of Ethereum, the second largest cryptocurrency, died this weekend and it lost four billion dollars in value over a couple hours. Like there's so much going down every week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very interesting stuff to get into. Indeed. Uh, oh, and now uh, I think we're at the top of the um, not top of the gondola, so it's time. Let's go to Ski News. Thank you, Jill. Oh, yes. The reason why we're here. All right, so let's uh, let's get ready to uh, take this mountain down. What do we got for Ski News? What are we starting with? Indeed, sir. So this is a big story that broke yesterday. So it looks like Jay Leventhal, who was the founder and creator of Line Skis and now the owner of Jay Skis, which he just started a year or two ago, has had taken over and just acquired Forefront, uh, wow. a designer and manufacturer of Alpine skis out in Salt Lake City. Nice. So this is a this is big, like a, a big and unexpected acquisition here. Huh. Um, yeah, it's it's it broke yesterday, and you know Jay, he's based up in, in Burlington, Vermont, and this is this is crazy. Like this is cool that he's doing this. Um, you know, he's, he's been a, a hustler and a, you know, a ski industry pioneer. So to see him, you know, grabbing forefront and, you know, working with them, it's, it's only going to be good for, you know, for them. Nice. Very nice. All right. Let's see what other information is on here that we may have missed. Um, so I know, so it's talking about their, the founder of forefront. Matt Sternbenz, and um, so I guess Matt is going to continue to be responsible for creating the athlete-driven products the brand is known for while keeping their unique position in the market. Um, the, he will remain in Salt Lake City, operating out of the White Room, <laughs> their oh. R&D facility. Wow. So I guess he's going to stay on board, which is cool. You know, when yeah. you start a product like that, it always sucks when the founder gets pushed out. So, yeah, he's, he's staying on board. That's cool. It seems to be uh, something that can give him a lot more stability and staying power in the industry because I know there's been a lot of crazy stuff happening where people either getting bought out or closing up, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I know I think Ramp Skis shut down last year. They're based out in, in Salt Lake City. And, uh, you know, Jason is saying in this article that, you know, they want to – you know, push their brand, you know, ramp up brand awareness to match the demand, um, increase promotions, fast tracking forefront up to speed with today's most advanced digital marketing techniques. So yeah, it looks like they're going to, we're going to see a lot more of forefront all over the place. And if, Hey, if they want to, you know, perhaps sponsor a, an up and coming pre greatness skiing podcast, that would be nice. Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to, to rock your kit and, and, and use your gear. So 
I was ready to talk. What's up? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, all right. So now we move on to the wonderful world of Vermont. Killington for the World Cup. They're doing improvements. Um, so they're planning improvements. Some of the things they're talking about. So if anybody doesn't know, Killington had the world uh, had a women's World Cup two two events last year that went off. Uh, the events were great. They wound up having snow just before it. They did the snowmaking. The mountain looked fantastic. Uh, they had a ton more people than they expected, which was a good problem to have. Um, but they needed to. They knew at, coming out of that that it was a bigger event than they thought. Uh, they need to do some improvements for the event and for uh, getting people to and from there. So some of the things they were talking about, <clears throat> um, because they're going to get for the next two years, they're going to get the ladies. Um, they're going to get uh, ladies racing there. I don't think they're going to get men's yet. They were trying to bid on it or something, but yeah, I think that's, they the women's giant slalom and slalom they got. Okay. Right. Again. So they said some of the things they're going to do, they're going to move some of the gates further up the hill, making the run times a little bit longer uh, in the slalom and giant slalom. Um, the, let's see, giant slalom will begin 10 vertical meters higher than it was on 2016. Um, and the slalom was about 70 meters higher up than last season. So it's going to be good. It's going to be a nice longer course. Uh, I guess they realized they probably could move it. Um, and then they also said that they did snowmaking improvements already this year. They swapped out nozzles on tower guns for superstar. Um, and you know, if they have favorable snowing, you know, snowmaking conditions between the snowmaking and the snow that we got last year, they said there's still patches of snow up there right now. So it's very promising. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, mother nature will, will, uh, cooperate cause they're scheduled for the 25th and 26th of November, which is uh, Thanksgiving weekend, uh, like it was last year. So hopefully it'd be good. I mean, I didn't get to go up last year, but I kind of, kind of wish I was able to go. Yeah, you know they uh, they've really lucked out last year weather-wise because you know things can be a little a little questionable that time of year up in Vermont. Oh yeah. Uh, if it was the year before, they would have been a deep doo doo. But they got they lucked out last year, and uh, I hope they continue to luck out because well, it was a fantastic event. Yeah, well, last year I think they had come out and said if they get six uh, snowmaking condition nights, they would be able to get the mountain ready for for skiing. And they did. They were ready like I think it was like two weeks even before two or three weeks before the uh the event, they had enough cold weather at night that they were able to get those days in and cover the mountain pretty well. Uh they got really lucky because like the week before they got like I think it was a storm that hit like something like eight inches or ten inches of snow they got. Um and it covered everything. It looked like a white, you know, a winter wonderland, which is good. Yeah, it looked more like a early January than late November. Yeah. So they got really lucky. The only thing is on the day of the events, I think it got pretty warm. So they were battling with the day of event kind of weather, but um, still went off pretty good. Yeah. It was the, the one day it was a little warm. They had to delay the start, but the second day it was great. I mean, the conditions were, were beautiful. Yeah. And they were expecting like 10,000 people last year. They got like 16,000, which is insane. So, I imagine it's only going to get bigger this year because people are going to probably put in their calendar and make plans to uh, travel up there for the day or for the weekend, you know? Yeah, hopefully it stays cold. And, yeah, it should be a fantastic event. So congrats to Killington again for, for getting the women's 
giant slalom and slalom. Good to see they're uh, putting putting the effort in, you know? Yeah, right. Hopefully the area restaurants and shops will decide to spend a little money. And uh, Well, they got know. the new lodge that they're going to start. Uh, they started this summer, right? Um, in I forgot Over on Bear, right? Over on Bear. They're redoing that lodge. So I think they started this summer, and it's not going to be done until next summer or next Yeah. You know, not this season, but the next season will be open, which I think is the second year that they'll have the World Cup. Uh, it's not going to be on that side of the mountain, but it's nice to see that they're making a bunch of improvements. So, Yeah, definitely. So hopefully it'll stay cold and it'll be a great World Cup event. Nice. All right, next up. So this was just announced today. The, uh, the good folks at Alta over in, in Utah they were just giving an update on the new Supreme lift, which is underway and construction will continue through November. The lift will replace the current, I think it's Kikret, C-E-C-R-E-T, like secret, but starting with the C. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kikret cool. and Supreme lifts. The new Supreme lift is a detachable quad manufactured by Leitner Palma. The installation of the new lift will work to use as much of the existing alignment from the previous lifts to reduce environmental impact. The lift will load just off the southwest side of Alf's restaurant and will slightly bend to cross over the old Kikret lift alignment to the base of the old base terminal of Supreme and will continue up the old Supreme alignment to the existing top terminal remaining in the same place. Nice. Um, so there'll be no mid-station and it should reduce ride times and allow them to control the number of skiers delivered to the top of the mountain. So improving ski circulation and lift ride experience and make it more user-friendly. So, yeah, a lot of good stuff going on over there, over at Alta. Very cool. Got to get out there. We did Snowbird last year and uh, didn't get to make it over to Alta because we were there too quick. But uh, That's a pretty special place. Yeah, that's what everybody's saying. They're like, oh, you should have gone to Alta, you dumbass. But yeah, Snowbird's pretty awesome, though, too. I've done a lot of stupid things in my life. And uh, and you will not stop now. I'm not stopping. I'm, I'm going to yeah. keep this going. I'm on a good roll. But you know what? See, by not going, it's incentivizing me to go back. Exactly. And why go good. Why go before the uh, you know the enhancements are done? Like, I want everything in top shape. So I want the know. new lift to be completed by <laughs> before, right? That's right, you know. My sister's actually out there this week. Um, oh, nice. Well, Park City. Okay. Because she lives some sort of weird fantasy travel life. That's that, pretty good. Cool. She's been going there a lot, right? Yeah, at least more times than I have this year. Now, what's she doing now? She's doing a lot of climbing, I think. Last time when we saw her there, she was taking a climbing class or something, right? Something like that. All I know is like every couple days, it's like, hi from Lake Tahoe, hi from freaking Park City. Yeah. And then it's, hi, I'm hanging out with the, the owner of Diamondback. Uh, Black Diamond, Black Diamond, and hang yeah. with this other person, famous climber. I'm like, what? What kind of life are you living? Yeah, I don't quite understand it. We got to get her as part of the podcast. That's why, and then we could live the same life. Just saying. I think so. Yeah, just that part of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe not everything you say. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be cool. Uh, all right. Well, so next up, we got uh, Tioga Pass in California, which is uh, the Tioga Road in Yosemite Park. Uh, is going to open for the season to all vehicular traffic uh, Thursday, June 29th, which is today. So I guess it was so buried with snow that it was closed up until today. 
which is pretty insane. They're, they're showing pictures on the site from like April and May where there's just tons of snow, like feet and feet of snow covering everything. So yeah, that picture in April is ridiculous. April 19th. I mean, it's nuts. It's at least like 15 to 20 feet high. Yeah. I was going to say it's like two stories of snow. I mean, that's a lot. So they're opening up, I, I guess, I don't know if some people are still skiing. I mean, who knows? I mean, if, you, if you're there, you could probably get some turns in. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it, right? But uh, it's just insane that I guess it's a major road, uh, highway, was it Highway 120? Yeah, I think so. Highway 120 through the park. And I guess it's a pretty well-traveled road, which is very important to get, especially now all the kids are off of school. A lot of people make plans to travel and drive and see the national parks and, um, it's, it's good to see it opening. Cause I know like people want to do some hiking and camping and shit like that too. So. Yeah. Very cool. So if you're out there, see if you can go out there and get some turns in because that's any turns you can get in July are, are pretty special. Fourth of July, right? Who's a, is it a bunch of places? I think it was mammoth was committing to stay open till 4th of July, right? Oh yeah. Mammoth is open. I think there's at least one or two places out in California that are still open. We got to see if anybody's going to stay later. It's possible. I mean, I think Mount Bachelor pretty much stays open all year round. Nice. Or usually does. The last you know year or so has been a bit problematic. But yeah, they, uh, they used to stay open until at least August. Right on the super volcano. Right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So next up, AccuWeather. They, are, they have pretty much shown their forecast for South America this summer. And it's looking like it's going to be quite good for Chile and Argentina. Damn. Central Chile is already having a stellar year with big early snowfalls, allowing ski resorts like Valle Nevado to open as early as May, which is very rare. Resorts all over Chile and Argentina are currently open, and only a few are still waiting to begin operations. Hmm. Wow. Um, yeah, they're saying that Argentina could face some rain occasionally. Um, more storms are expected across central Argentina this year versus last year, with near to slightly above normal rainfall in cities like Buenos Aires. But those storms could bring plentiful snow to the Andes, which could allow some ski resorts to open earlier than normal. Um, the early and middle part of the winter will be the most active with rain and mountain snow before drier and warmer conditions build over the region. So if you are making plans or have plans to go down to Argentina or Chile, you could be having some wonderful conditions. So cool. It sounds like they got, they got pounded last year. It sounds like they're going to get a lot of snow this year again. And the skiing's going to be good. I was talking to somebody like two weeks ago and they had skied in, I think it was Argentina. <laughs> and I was surprised cause they were saying it's not that long of a ski season. Like you think, Oh, it's cool. It's the whole summer. But I guess like you just mentioned, places are waiting to open and I don't know how late they go, but um, I don't think it's that long as long as a ski season as we have here. I think it's like two or three months tops really there. Yeah. It's not like, cause we get usually what four or five months out of it. Yeah. Usually. Like four is solid and then it stretches usually. Yeah. So I was surprised about that, but still have to put it on the uh, the list to go. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So very cool stuff. Um, 
All right. And uh, next up, we're going on the main topic now. So, Brian, what are we talking about on the main topic today? Well, we're keeping it kind of generic. We're talking about, you know, seeing as how it is coming up on 4th of July weekend, which isn't really a weekend this year because it takes place on a Tuesday. Or, uh, yeah, it's a Tuesday this year. And certain people, one of these bums included, has to work on Monday. It's not really a long weekend. So You know what they did with us is they actually came out after doing layoffs and they said, by the way, we're going to give everybody Monday off. <laughs> so we were supposed to work Monday. Now we're not working Monday. I'm like, it's fine with me. That's how you make sure that, you know, your employees are happy. Yeah. You know? I guess they figured we just went through layoffs. We don't want to piss anybody off that we want to keep here. So if you so, have survived, here's your extra day off. That's it. Congratulations. Welcome to the bonus round. Enjoy. Yeah, right. <laughs> you have made it to Thunderdome. That's right. It's all Thunderdome. Yeah, so, you know, we're just talking about independence, you know, and, you know, what it means. and You know, it's something that's it's easy to take for granted, you know, growing up in, in the U.S. and the way things are. You know, we, we do have a lot of freedoms and benefits that people all over the world take for, you know, would love to have. And, you know, the ability that to do this podcast is, is a pretty special thing. You know, it's, it's, you never, you never know what you can do until you give it a try. And, you know, we sort of just threw this together a couple of years ago and, you know, have evolved our, our format and how we do this. And now we're doing it, you know, via YouTube Live and Google Hangouts. So, you know, the ability to have the freedom to, to do that, to build that, to create this little empire in the making is uh, is a special thing. So we just wanted to, you know, think about that and thank you guys all for listening and, and taking part and, you know, tweeting and commenting on our, our posts on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and, and just, uh, you know, be thankful and, and try to keep pushing this and taking it to the next level. And, hey, you know, the goal is eventually to make this a full-time gig. So, you know, hopefully – we can make that happen in the next months or, or years coming. Yeah. And I think uh, too, this, you know, between um, Memorial day and 4th of July uh, brings out a lot of patriotism. You start um, thinking about the people, you know, that have served um, all the things that we've gone through as a country to, to continue to be a country, uh, which isn't an easy thing. You know, we have our own problems, but at the end of the day, we have a lot of freedoms that a lot of countries uh, still don't have, you know, we have protections. We're relatively safe. Um, you walk on the street without problems and it's, you know, we're a country that has, we, we have our own problems. We still have problems, but we have a lot less problems than other countries and we're very fortunate. So, um, it's good to think about all the sacrifice people made to, to give us the, the freedoms that we have, you know, I mean, it's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one thing we have to realize, too, is that, you know, we, we do need to keep questioning and, and pushing our leaders to make sure that they do answer to us. Because, you know, we kind of talked about it a bit with those pot stories is, you know, we we are the people. You know, that's the first thing it says in the Constitution. We are the people, you know, and that's the thing. Well, we the people. But, <laughs> we the people. you know, it's we are the ones who give these people power, you know, and we've given it to them. And we also have the ability to take it away. 
So if we, if you do see things that you don't agree with or that, you know, we as a society, you know, don't agree with, we need to challenge that, you know, because if you give people power and they have some sort of, you know, to get to, to that, those high levels, you have to have backers and special interests and people whose, you know, palms you have to grease and favors you have to answer and respond to, you know, we give them this this power and we can take it back. So, you know, things like, like cannabis, you know, we have to realize that why is this illegal and why have we allowed our leadership to keep it illegal? So, you know, as, as great as things are, and they are absolutely great, and some for some reason, we we create these squabbles, these, this two party, I'm on this side, I'm on that side squabbles that, you know, if we really took a step back, we realized that, you know, 95% of what we all believe is all the same, you know, and yeah. we just bicker and, and create these, these giant rifts and, you know, can't even talk to people because of this little tiny 5% disagreement. Yeah. I think the country was founded on, on discussing things like, so, where, if you don't agree on it, you discuss it and you talk it through. And I think, unfortunately, there's a little bit of the talking has stopped where people are just taking a polarized side to one issue or another. And I think it's pretty apparent. It's becoming more apparent to more people that we all have to to come to some agreement and, and start talking and compromising and, and figuring stuff out because it's not just going to we're never going to think the same, you know, at any point in time in all rational thinking, you know, with, with a lot of topics, there's some topics that we're going to think about in the same way, but we're always going to have that difference of opinion. We always have to take it into account. Uh, so it's good to understand that you, we need to have discussions about that stuff and not just shut people out. Yeah. You know, we need to be, we definitely need to be kinder to our, our enemies within, you know, because they're not really even enemies. All they are are people with different opinions. You know, we need to, to be able to, to listen to each other and work together and have intelligent conversations because that's the only way any of this little nonsense gets resolved. And again, we, we agree on most things and we just unfortunately focus on these, these minutiae which are, could be easily remedied and easily worked through. And with, you know, if, if we do keep focusing on this minutiae, we miss the big picture and we miss out on a lot of great positive events and opportunities that, you know, could be had in that time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, for 4th of July, you know, Independence Day, you know, I, I always think about freedom, people that serve, but then I start thinking about the cool, fun stuff that everybody does. Like there's a lot of people traveling this week. They go to the beach. Uh, that's very big American thing to do. Right. I mean, everybody heads to the beach, barbecues, uh, getting together with friends, traveling. So there's a lot of cool stuff. What do you, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, I don't really know. I think hopefully getting to the beach for the first time, considering I moved to the beach. Yeah, you're like be getting 10 out minutes away, right? 10 minutes walking. Uh, <laughs> Damn. A mile and a half. Yeah, super close. So, nice. you know, you need to hopefully get down there on, on Sunday, but still have a lot of little things to do around the house. Uh, you know, you know how it is when you move, you just have a lot of, a lot of things that you just almost never find time to get done. Yeah, there's got, all the stuff for you to do, right? Yeah, I got my grill that I need to you know, keep using. Nice. Made some delicious burgers today. Grilling out. So, That's good. Oh, yeah, so uh, it's coming together. Yeah, so hopefully hopefully getting to a little relaxing done. 
um, hopefully explore my new neighborhood a little bit more. You know, that's, oh, that's, that's one thing I really want to do is, is get out and, you know, try some places and check out some, some new things. So I would say definitely get on the bike and ride around. Cause you see a lot more biking around than you do in a car. That's a good move. Yeah. Uh, like when I bike through neighborhoods, like I'll, I'll go, we'll, you know, when you're on a long ride, you usually start cutting through neighborhoods at, at some point and you really see like for face value, like, wow, this is a cool neighborhood. Or like, I didn't know they had like, cause there's neighborhoods I've driven through and never noticed a lot of stuff that I start noticing on bike. And I'm like, Oh, that's pretty cool. And you could stop. It's easier to stop and just kind of look around and stuff. It's so it's pretty, pretty neat to do. Yeah. I was just, you know, talking to Andrea before we were driving and I was like, we really should just walk around, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Same thing as biking is yeah, just walk around and, and get familiar with the area. Yeah, so that's cool. So yeah, how about you? Well, I'm going to head out to Long Island to visit some friends, our friend Rem and a bunch of other friends that I grew up with. Uh, since I'm going to be um, still haven't gotten the official word, but it, for all probability, moving down to Tampa, uh, I am not going to be around this area uh, as much, so I might as well... Uh, trying to visit as many people as I can and spend some time with people before I leave. And uh, so I'm going out to Long Island, which will be kind of cool. We might hit the beach. I think it's supposed to rain, so we'll see. Probably do some grilling. Uh, and then when I come back, I'll probably come back Monday uh, and just kind of sit by the pool and hang out, which would be kind of fun. Nice. So I got to get my rest and relaxation. I've been a very busy guy lately with just <laughs> work and just a whole bunch of other stuff that – has been going on. It's like, I'm, you know, not getting a great amount of sleep and still trying to fit my workouts in. And it's, uh, I, I gotta get more sleep and work out more. You know what I mean? Nice. Yeah, definitely. So we'll see. Hopefully I get a bike ride in maybe Monday or Tuesday. Very cool. So good stuff. But yeah, uh, I think I saw fireworks the other day. I think they, they were, some of the neighboring towns do their fireworks the week before, but I guess since, the holidays kind of almost attached to this weekend. They did them last week already. Mm -hmm. So I don't know when the big ones are going. I guess they're going to Tuesday, you know, like Macy's and all that stuff. But Oh, yeah, the big ones, like uh, the New York ones, they do those, yeah, on the 4th. Yeah, and I'm sure there's going to be some big ones going off this weekend, you know. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. But I think, uh, like, I was driving last – oh, I was driving back from your place last Saturday, mm -hmm. and I saw it was like I hit around the Meadowlands – and they had a huge thing going on. So I don't know if they did something for a concert or for something that was going on there. Um, and then I got closer and I think Montville, the town near us, uh, near me, I think they were doing uh, theirs last weekend. So, Okay. You know, I think with the Meadowlands, they do that, that state fair. Oh, yeah. I think that started last week and it kind of runs two weeks or so. Oh, so they probably do them for multiple weekends. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty big. It was kind of cool to be driving and seeing him like while in my vision while I'm driving. It was pretty neat. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. I'm watching, but I'm not watching. I'm not sitting and watching. I'm still driving. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's fireworks. You know what? It's fun to go once every couple of years, but to go every year, it's, it really is a lot of the same. Yeah, I guess it depends who you go with. I think that's what a lot of people do is it's a chance for them to get out with family or friends and, and just sit and watch and hang out and shoot the shoot the breeze, you know? Yeah, I guess if you could do it that way. I know the last couple of years being in Hoboken, 
you know, they, when they had the, the fireworks there on the Hudson River, you know, the, the amount of people that would just cram into the town just to watch them was insane. Yeah, that's I mean, tough. The, just the, the amount of people like, trying to get a seat somewhere. And then the worst thing was the traffic after. Uh-huh. I think it was going to take them like two hours just to get out of the town. Wow. Because yeah, so many people just show up there. Hmm, that's crazy. It really is. Yeah, that's always going to, especially for the big events like that. It's pretty much, you got if you got a view near the water, that's gold right there, you know? Yep. Well, I hope everyone has a great 4th of July weekend if you're an American. And if you're not an American, I hope you have a wonderful regular weekend, Ben. I hope you get to enjoy it with some Americans. Yeah, we really got a good thing going for us here. And uh, you know, you should <laughs> it's worth checking out. And, you know. And if you're at, like down south where fireworks are legal, watch yourself. But it's amazing at the same – it's dangerous and amazing at the same time. There's like everybody's <laughs> shooting off fireworks. It's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, if you're a, uh, a Giants defensive lineman, be extra careful with your fireworks this yeah, year. Clear. Please don't hurt. Please don't blow any body parts off. It's uh, not cool. No, it's not a good luck either. Yeah. Also, don't shoot fireworks off at other people. That's not cool either. That's very uncool. Yeah. You know, of course, the horror stories are going to come out every, every you know holiday does, but hopefully everybody's relatively safe. Or even better, just go down to Argentina and do some skiing this weekend. Boom. That's All right. Possibility. Got a long weekend if you if yeah. you have off Monday and Tuesday. Don't worry about your 401k. It is possible you may die before you get to use it. There go you go. Go ski in Argentina. <laughs> right? It, that's that's totally right. And if you need someone to come with you, hit us up, skibumpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll see if we can make some arrangements to uh, to hang out with you down there. Grab a flight, pack yeah. the skis. Sounds good to me. My skis look at me every day, every time I look into that uh, <laughs> storage closet, and like, you son of a bitch, you put me in here for the season, didn't you? Yep. I got to bring them inside too. After that uh, thing we covered last week about how Storage, to store right? them. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah, they're outside right now in the 90 degree weather. I'm like, I got to, I got to bring them in. I know. I keep thinking about it and keep not doing something and I'm sure I'll do something. And by then it'll be like December. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Then you'll be ready to tune them up for the season. You can do your own tune this year. Oh, uh, I'd like to, you know, I might, I think I'm going to mess around with my old skis first. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just make sure you get all it is is you get the tools and and you're good to go. I mean, yeah. Well, we'll talk about that on a future upcoming podcast. Exactly. Under the ropes. Get that creepy voice on it now. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're ready for a little under the ropes. We're going under, Brian. Oh, yeah. We're going you're, under. You're gonna start out with this. Uh, I'll hold the rope. You go under the rope. <laughs> all right, I'm going. <laughs> so. So there was an article this past week about Eric Schmidt, who was a former Google CEO. And he was talking at the Viva Technology Conference in Paris. And he was saying that we are now entering what he calls the age of abundance. And we're going to see a new age of intelligence. And, you know, one of the things he was, you know, that people have been concerned about recently with, more AI and robotics and automation is that the number of jobs are going to, or jobs are going to be eliminated and we're going to need some, some sort of universal, universal basic income or something just to, to keep people alive and, and moving and sustainable. But Schmidt, he doesn't believe that he really thinks that 
there's only going to create more jobs because of this thing, you know, this sort of paradigm shift. And he's saying that science and critical thinking are going to become more important. You know, there's so many change in the jobs that are available rather than. Yeah. Well, well think about, you know, like podcasting, that wasn't a job 10 years ago, you know, it didn't really exist. So instead of, you know, say you have a company with 200 people and they lay everybody off, you know, maybe you can find two people who can make a career podcasting. Right. You know, that's, that's a distinct possibility these days. I mean, look how many of the big podcasters, that's their full-time gig. You know, you can make really good money with affiliate marketing and sponsorships. Um, so that's, that seems to be the gist of what, you know, Eric Schmidt is saying here is that, you know, these computer, the AI, they're going to work to make, you know, take, to do a lot of that, the stuff that gets in your way every day so that you can pursue your passion and you can find a career doing the things that you truly love. Yeah. So it's almost like you talk about Google and they have, you know, they're working on the self-driving car, just like a bunch of other companies. You know, the, of course, the anybody that drives a car for a living is like, shit, they're going to put me out of a job. But I guess the hope is you're going to do something else, right? Right, exactly. If you, you know, say you, you know, you love painting or you love, you know, playing hockey, you could somehow find a way to make money doing those activities. Right. That'd be really cool if they did have, you know, you know, I play roller hockey besides skiing. And imagine if, you know, it got to a point where, yeah, of course the pros make great money, but I'd love to be in like a beer league where somehow I got paid like 50 bucks a week to play. You know, it's okay. not big, it's not big money, but it's still a little something like how cool would that be? Well, you know, I, 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 it's funny. I played a lot of baseball. I probably could have played college and, and maybe did something in the minors. And it's funny. I look back now and I'm like, I look at what people are making and I'm like, you know, you can make a whole career making decent money if you just play minor league ball your entire career, you know, mm-hmm. never make it up to, to pros. So there's things like that where people are making more money in those minor leagues now. So it's kind of, like you said, it's opening up that to an actual career just like other jobs and, and things like that are opening up. I mean, like you said, podcasting, there's, there's a bunch of other jobs that have come up that are decent career moves that nobody even thought about a few years ago. So. Yeah. There's so many crazy ways to make money now. It's, you know, I was looking at a website where it talked about, you know, passive income. So money that you're making without really doing anything. And there's so many just, you know, product testing or, you know, clicking on, just clicking on websites you know, it's, it's amazing how many ways there are to make okay money, you know, doing a bunch of different tasks. And, you know, what might have to happen is a lot of these big corporations that are getting all these tax breaks may need to, to pump that money back into the system, you know, one way or another, just to keep people afloat. Hmm. Yeah, pretty wild stuff. But I guess what, you know, the moral of the story is kind of focus on what you're, you're, you love doing, what, what's your best at because might find a way just to make that your full-time career. Hmm. Just keep hustling at it. I like that. Just keep podcasting. We're, we're just keep on podcast.com. You know, like, yeah, you get, you will be getting paid to do what you love doing. Yeah. That's sort of how I read into it. 
you know, so kind of keep focusing and hustling on the things that you care about because there might be a way to make it your full-time gig. Yeah. And like you said, something you love doing, which is good. Yep. All right. Next up we got yachts. We're talking Ritz. One of our favorite things to talk about, right? I actually, uh, I got a boat magazine. I'm looking at boat bar. I'm like, I'm moving to Florida. I might have to buy some uh, some kind of boat. Uh, a yacht would be great to be in my future, but those are pretty real deal. Um, well, we uh, we actually had a pretty funny conversation this past weekend. <laughs> we uh, I don't know what how it even came up, but we're like, what's the closest you can park a yacht to Whistler? Because <laughs> you know, you think about yachts. We like talking about you know yacht to yacht, yacht to yurt lifestyle, and. You know, obviously, because the sport that we love of skiing takes place in the mountains, it's not often there's a lot of places where you can, you know, get a, a full-size yacht near the, the ski resort. And we're just kind of, like, thinking about it. And I'm like, okay, Whistler's near the coast. And we were looking it up, like, you know, how much would it cost and where could you dock it? And it looks like Squamish, which is the town on that ski to – or what is it? The um, uh, was it the water to sky or the ocean to sky highway? It's the one that yes. goes from Vancouver up to Whistler, and so you can probably dock a decent sized boat pretty in Squamish, which is I don't know maybe forty five minutes from Whistler, an hour. Yeah, something like that. Maybe less. Right, just basically up that one road. Yeah. So the key is, would you? How we're talking the next thing was how do we get from the boat to Whistler? And you know, the consensus was you got to go helicopter, you got a helicopter. Well, they're going to reopen, I guess, along that highway, too. There's a train that they're going to reopen, I think it's this year. Uh, so it'd be great if there was a stop so you could dock your boat, walk over to the train, and then take that train up right into Whistler. That would be nice, yeah. That would be true, yacht to train to yurt, <laughs> or what about the hyperloop? Or Hyperloop. Hyperloop. Yeah, there you go. Hyperloop it up. It's a couple of different options, but there are options. Yeah. Uber, get an Uber. Uber ski. Yeah. So sorry, I totally hijacked your your yacht story. I uh, know. So uh, Ritz Carlton, which is a famous, you know, well known cracker company. Cracker, half lutein company. Um, they're gonna they're building these three yachts that hold about just under 300 guests each. Um, and they're going to provide intimate custom-built uh, journeys on these custom-built yachts with luxurious penthouses. Um, you know, they're going to do, you know, land excursions from. So it's going to be like a very upscale, like somewhere between like a private yacht experience and a cruise uh, but instead of being on a cruise with, I think, what do they hold now? Like 5,000 people or 2,000 people? It's some crazy number of people. You could be on a cruise with the other 300, you know, Mr. Burns is and <laughs> on these cruises. So uh, they have like cool interiors, um, destination based activities with chefs, artists, musicians, luxury amenities, uh, including the Ritz Carlton Spa, of course, is going to be on each one. Um, elevated dining. So there's going to be a lot of, you know, um, a lot, a lot of big high flute and stuff. They have, uh, they have really cool on the website. They have really cool, um, pictures of these yachts. Cause I don't think these are even artist rend- renditions. These are actual 
pictures from the yachts. Um, and the interiors look phenomenal. So don't know how much they cost, but uh, I'm going to click on reserve now. I'm on here. Let's see. I want to reserve. Uh, my dates are flexible, of course. You know, if I'm throwing down this money, my, my dates are, I'm always flexible. Um, let's see. Check date availability. I think I'm going to cruise in. Um, I think September sounds good. So we're still two years out there from these going in the water, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Let me see how far out we are. See their site? You know, I'm going to have to give them some comments in their site because it's really not – if it's two years out, they should have the dates when it starts being available. They should have the countdown clock. Exactly, but they don't have – you just pick a date and then they keep telling you it's not available. Well, hmm. let's see. Unless it's all booked up already. View existing reservations. So people are making reservations for this already. Jeez. Uh, Cause that's what people do. Uh, yeah. Beginning in 2019. So I don't know when in, in 2019 reservations open in May. See, so there they have the reservations page, but they say reservations open in May, 2018. Mm-hmm. So they're not even taking reservations yet, but the page is already up and running. We'll take your money now, but we have nothing we can provide for you. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but you could join the email community. Cause you know, if you want to, if you want to be able to log in exactly on in May when they start taking reservations so you can make sure you get your room, uh, you may want to get those emails. Just Do like, it. So, yeah, that'd be interesting to see what they come up with because some of these yachts are freaking – I wouldn't really consider that a yacht. That's really more like a high-fluting cruise ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. 300 people plus like another 100 or so for crew – another 60 or something for crew. I mean, yeah, it's, it adds up. Yeah. Gosh. All right. And one final story this week. This was from the New York Times. And they're saying that, uh, is it possible that climate change could take a toll on the air travel industry? And they're saying that American Airlines was forced to cancel more than 40 flights in Phoenix, the most uh, – you know, recent couple of days because they're saying that the daytime high temperature hovers around 120 degrees and it was just too hot for smaller jets to take off. Hot air is thinner, which makes it more difficult and sometimes impossible for planes to generate enough lift. Hmm. So the article, you know, goes into detail and, you know, has a bunch of interviews with, with doctors and, you know, professors of meteorology and they say that, you know, this is going to become more likely. This is going to happen more often in warmer climates because these smaller planes, yeah, just can't lift off with these high temperatures. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. You almost think, like, it's too hot because the uh, gasoline's going to explode or something, right? Yeah, right. It's the last thing you, I, I thought of about the – you know, these issues with the heat. See, another reason to hate the heat. There you go. It's grounding all these planes. My, uh, well, the other thing too is like when you get on the plane, so my last flight to Florida was, uh, it was not, not great. I mean, it wasn't horrible, but there's delays. And then, but when you get on the plane, they don't have any air conditioning on. So you're basically sitting in there until they close all the doors and they start the engines and all that. Then they start, actually circulating, you know, 
get cooler air in there. But mm-hmm. it was like hot and humid. Like when Ugh. I was in Florida, I was like, you got to put some kind of air cooling or something because the plane is going to be balls hot. Yeah, right. So That's why you got to go private jet. Private jet's the way to go. Only way to go. Nice climate control. Got a place to nap out. Yeah, right. Instead of sitting in those little small seats that they keep, you know. Getting smaller and smaller. Smaller and smaller. As we get bigger as a society, yeah. as, as humans keep getting bigger, the seats on an airplane keep getting smaller. <laughs> so silly. But, uh, pretty much, yep. All right, anything else? Or is that going to wrap it up this week? No, I think we're good. Uh, I think, uh, you know, we uh, – it was a short short week for us. It's a short week coming up. So, uh, yeah, looking to uh, enjoy some of the weekend. Yeah, definitely. So thank you, everybody, for listening. We really do appreciate it. Check everything out. You can get all of our information at skibonepodcast.com. You can hit us up on the socials, twitter.com slash skibonepodcast, facebook.com slash skibonepodcast, instagram.com slash skibonepodcast. We are on Pinterest as the highfalutins, and we're also – <clears throat> on SoundCloud, excuse me. And all our friends in Canada, happy Canada Day on the 1st. And all fellow Americans, happy 4th of July. And we will see you guys next week. Stay high, stay fluting. See ya.